Well, good morning, the Sylvester crew at Equus Financial. This is not Connie Sylvester. <clears throat> this is not Dick Sylvester. This is uh, some guy known as Dave Crocker. I've been around a little while, uh, and for some reason, Dick and Connie uh, decided to bestow on me the golden chalice and to uh, have the opportunity to to host our, our can't-miss Tuesday morning uh, greeting and uh, so here we are. Nice to meet you all. Um, no, I am not in my pajamas, even though I'm on the West Coast. I'm out here uh, fully dressed, ready to go. And uh, so uh, what, what, a, what a privilege it is to be with everybody today. I think Dick and Connie just posted a picture of the training event there in South Carolina. So as we're all sitting here, uh, they're helping train uh, new agents uh, with some uh, other individuals uh, out there in South Carolina. So happy Tuesday. Uh, what, a, what a great opportunity we have to, to be together today and um, excited about just spending a few minutes uh, going through a few things. And, um, um, you know, uh, uh, it's always fun to connect on the phone. It would be more fun if we could all connect face-to-face. -face. I know I was pretty bummed seeing that our conference is being moved to virtual until this whole, this whole uh, zombie apocalypse ends. Uh, but at some point, all of us will be in the same room. And when it is, we can all uh, get in a big circle and, and uh, do the do-si-do -si -do or the, uh, you know, put the one foot in, put the one foot out, shake it all together, and you laugh it all about or however that song goes. Anyway, let's go through the numbers for this week. Uh, we have, from last week, Mr. Logan Piercy, 489 APV, Sebastian Guerrero, 528, Stephen Gary, Brad Gary, 599, Hamid Hazaz, 667, Maria Gonzalez Hornsby, 829, Jared Hamilton, 961, with his first app ever. Welcome to the crew, Jared. Miguel Rivera Colon, 1071. Daniel Granger, 1176, 1176. The Zookeeper, Robert Baljack. And I apologize, Robert. I've known you for so long, and I still mess up your name, brother. Uh, 1,529, uh, three applications there. Scott Hedeman, one application for 1,866. Some dude named David Crocker, a uh, couple of applications, 2,223. Sherry Griffin. 2,278, two applications. James Danielson, four apps, 2,745. Rafael Rodriguez, two apps, 2,837. Daniel Brett, one app, 3,250. And our top three for the week, boy, oh, boy, some big names here. Marcia Seacrest, five applications, 6,563. John Vernalia, five applications, 8,122. And number one, Mr. Uh, Jamal Woods, way to go, my friend, uh, made all of us look like we were sitting around picking our noses. 13 applications, 13,906. Woohoo. Um, you know, one thing to think about, folks, when we go through those numbers is, you know, the submitted numbers mean a lot. <clears throat> and, uh, but one of the good habits to get into is when you go to the Equus dashboard, always make it a point to click on the paid tab. Because really, we can submit business all day long, but if we're only getting placed, if we're only placing, you know, 70% of our business or 80% of our business, uh, you know, 60% or 50%, then um, 
that's not as strong as if we're as if we're submitting less but we're getting more paid and so really the paid tab is where is where you really want to focus that's where I focus every every time when I go to the dashboard it's nice to see my name up you know in the top 10 but I really like to see <clears throat> where my name is on on the paid tab so when you click on the paid tab you learn so much about how your business is running? Are, are you are you getting your business closed? Are you clearing your underwriting requirements? Um, are you reporting your business? Uh, you know, if, if we don't report our business onto the Equus dashboard, then we don't get credit for that when it comes out when it comes time for the trips, when it comes time for the promotions. We only get credit for the the business that we actually report onto the Equus dashboard, and it's surprising the number of people that will not or that forget to after they take an application <clears throat> to report that business to Equus and you, you shortchange yourself. It would be a shame to uh, miss a production bonus. Um, you know, they have that $10,000 APV production bonus. You do 10000 paid in a month, uh, they're going to give you, you know, an extra cash bonus. But if we have a $500 deal that we forget to submit and somehow we only get paid for 9975 for the month, we miss out on a bonus. So uh, really focus on the paid tab. Really focus on making sure that we, uh, we get our business reported to the Equus dashboard. There's some administrative requirements behind the scenes. That's why that they, they incentivize us to do it that way. And, uh, and so... And if you have something that was unreported, it'll show up on your dashboard as a little, uh, like a stopwatch, a little red stopwatch. So uh, make a point to keep an eye on that. Um, also, when, uh, from a housekeeping standpoint, when you're at the Aquas dashboard, keep an eye on that trip widget, uh, that Santa Fe trip widget, even for those that have just joined Equus, It is not too late to qualify for the Santa Fe trip. It's not too late to qualify for the Banff trip for those that are well underway this year. The Santa Fe trip, I think, is 85000 paid APV. It is not too late to qualify for that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've been on a couple of Equus trips now, and you're treated like royalty, and it's just a great way to pat yourself on the back and give your loved one a special trip. I mean, it's you and a paid. It's a plus one situation, so you get to bring somebody else along with you. Um, if you want Ignite, you get a bunch of bonus points already, which I think gets you well underway, but... To do 85,000 APV to qualify for the New Mexico trip, that's a five-star luxury resort. To do 85,000 between now and the end of the year is not unheard of. That's easy. Uh, you know, 25, 30,000 a week is, is, or a month to get there is, is not a problem. So keep an eye on that. Also look on the widgets there on the dashboard, the elite producer tiers. You might, you might kind of gloss over those where it shows the different levels of elite producer. I think as you know, silver, diamond, you know, platinum, that kind of thing. And uh, the tiers start at 100,000. And as you hit those different tiers are 100, 150, 200, and 250 in this annual paid production. Um, the, the producer tiers get you some really cool things. You get a bunch of lead credits. Um, you get uh, some extra uh, point compensation for the trips. Uh, you get some uh, discounted uh, things for our conferences, um, and uh, and so uh, it's really good. To, you know, I, I, to me, I'm I'm always striving to hit that highest tier, the 250 for diamond. I think my first year I was uh, platinum. I think my second year I was platinum, and it's really nice. Every quarter, Equus goes in and puts a lead credit on your dashboard, uh, and you turn around, and spin that into new business, and so uh, really keep an eye on that. 
one of the tricks in our business to hit to hit those producer tiers to get your production up to keep your production at its highest is is the formula of five thousand a week APV carries you through all of those qualifications. Five thousand a week APV carries you through all the elite producer tiers. It carries you through every uh, commission level that Equus has up to a hundred percent commission level. Uh, it qualifies you for the production bonuses each month. And the way to get to five thousand APV is is the formula I use is twenty sets. S-E-T-S. In other words, if we, if we set 20 appointments, we're going to sit on 15. So setting 20, S-E-T, will sit, S-I-T, on 15 appointments, and 15 will carry us to 5,000 APV. And what's really nice about hitting those numbers is that when you set 20, um, we don't care. If, uh, if, if people cancel. We don't care. I mean, we do, but we're not like, you know, sitting in the corner throwing ashes on our head, tearing our clothes. Uh, you know, when we lose five appointments, when we've set 20, it's a lot easier to absorb that than when we've set 10 and we lose five appointments. Well, then, yeah, then I am sitting in the corner, uh, you know, and I've had family in town the last couple of weeks, so my production's been pretty low, and I had a cancellation this morning, and I wake up and I'm already depressed. You know, we're, oh, my gosh, there goes a third of my production for the week. And so um, it's really important that if we, if we keep our appointment levels higher, and, and I'm talking about for people that consider this themselves, full-time, if we target a setting 20, then we sit on 15, uh, then that carries out where we'll close seven to eight to nine appointments a week, uh, and that carries us to that 5,000 APV, and everything else cycles out of that. For part-timers, if we target 10 appointments a week, then we'll sit on seven, or if we target seven appointments a week, we end up sitting on five that's a real good ratio to carry us to uh, to about 50% of those numbers, which is still tremendous production. I mean, part-timers, there's plenty of part-timers here at Equus that are earning six figures in what we do. So uh, really keep an eye on that. Um, two keys each week that can help us in, in learning how to set those appointments and keeping our production at those highest levels uh, from where, you know, whatever our goals are is uh, two things that you don't want to ever miss each week, especially when you're starting out, but two things that are critical. The Friday national call, uh, I'm sorry, in addition to this Tuesday call, there's two things that are really critical. The Friday national call, you can't miss it. You want to be sitting on that call two minutes before it starts so you don't miss a thing. Uh, Let's be on that call every week, uh, whether it's video or by phone. Uh, You don't want to miss that call. I do not take appointments during that 11 a.m. call at 11 a.m. Eastern call. I don't do it. I don't set appointments during that one hour. I keep myself clear. Um, and um, every single week, it doesn't matter what happens. I mean, I've been in the business now three years. Every single week, I still walk away with something, something that I can use. And I have, over time, routinely walked away from, from that Friday call with something that I was able to add and apply to an appointment later that day. It happens all the time. And the other thing a lot of us don't realize, uh, another call to not miss, uh, is really focus on also Bill Martin's jumpstart every Wednesday. He has an 11 a.m. Eastern jumpstart call every Wednesday where he gets into the nuts and bolts, the the nitty-gritty of our business, the the particulars of setting appointments, dialing strategies, how to run the in-home, product knowledge. I mean, he he drills down. If you want to learn this business, 
Do not miss the jump start. And then obviously, and I, I said there's two things. There's actually three things. The Monday morning national call is also critical. Uh, the leaders call where we're getting on learning how to build our business, whether we just have ourselves or we have an, another individual that we've trained or we have 20 people that we're training or 50 people that we're training. The principles of growing our business are the same. And that Monday call, especially when, when uh, Barry Clarkson gets on and, uh, and gives us a, uh, a big, uh, a, a big uh, State of the Union every Monday, uh, is, is, it's a can't miss. And I don't miss those calls, and, and, and they're critical to helping us learn how to get up to those 20 set appointments, which gives us our 15 sets, which gives us our 5,000 APV, and everything in this business runs out of that. All right. Well, listen, I wanted to spend a few minutes today um, going through something uh, that's dear to my heart. Um, it's just a little, uh, a little tidbit of info that I wanted to share, and it comes from a book by Shad Helmstetter. Um, Shad Helmstetter is a, an author that uh, does a lot of, uh, uh, you know, motivational type t talk, but more in, in how do we, how do we uh, use our brain properly to run our business. And he has a book, and if you want to write this down, his last name is Helmstetter, H-E-L-M-S-T-E-T-T-E-R, Shad, S-H-A-D is his first name, Shad Helmstetter. And the book is When, What to Say, when you talk to yourself. And, uh, you know, a lot of you might not know, but my history, when I came into this business, the mortgage world, I was a police officer. Um, I was a police officer back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I was given an opportunity to get into the private mortgage finance world, and the company that hired me offered me some numbers I, I couldn't refuse. And that was the height. That was at the height of the refinance boom, the summer of 2003 or the spring of 03. And people were making a lot of money, and I got invited to go be part of that business. But it was a big switch to go from being an hourly wage police officer with great health benefits to 100% commission. Uh, with, back then, it was with Chase Home Finance. 100% commission. Uh, with no bennies. I mean, it was it was like um, flipped my world upside down. And the mental gymnastics that happened to me a few weeks into it, thinking, oh my gosh, this is the biggest mistake that I've ever made. Looking back on it now, it was the right decision. But there were times when my business was not growing. There were times when my business was struggling when I was first starting out where I was thinking to myself, my, my God, Crocker, what have you done to yourself? You, you've just made a tragic mistake. And I ended up uh, going to a training conference by a sales guy named Todd Duncan. He, uh, he used to teach a, 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 a course called High Trust Selling. And Todd would, uh, uh, he, he would occasionally mention these books, and he mentioned what to say when you talk to yourself. And in there he talked about the, the words that we say to ourselves every single day affect, have a direct effect on the outcome of that day, and and um, and so I want to talk through one of the chapters in here. In chapter five of this book, Shad talks about the concept of we learn to believe. Where did we get? Well, ask yourself this question: Where did we get the words that we use in our head that that tell us our story? Every day, where did where did we get that? 
did that come from a teacher? Did it come from a spouse? Did it come from a friend? Did it come from a parent? And what did they tell us that became our identity? Uh, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I, I had a good upbringing, but I'll be honest that there were some things that were said to me by, by, uh, by a parent, and there were things that were said to me by a couple of different teachers that had a directly negative impact on how I identified my self-worth and things that I thought about myself, um, you know. And I want to read... I want to read this, just these, these three or four paragraphs, because this speaks to that, because it reminded me of the people that came along in my life that said some things that were positive, that had a direct impact on me positively, that um, I, I, sometimes I kind of wonder, would I, would I be where I'm at in business today if I hadn't had those people come along and speak the positive things that counteracted some of the things that people said to me negatively? Let me give you an example. Uh, let's read this. It's going to take me, it's about four or five paragraphs. It'll just take a couple of minutes, but listen to this. He says, uh, what people tell us and what we learn to perceive about ourselves as children has an incredibly important effect on us. It informs us what we believe about most of what is going on around us and almost everything that we come to believe about ourselves. He says, I remember the time when, as a middle school student, I wanted more than anything I could think of to play a musical instrument and be a member of the school band. Along with 10 or 12 other students from my class, I decided to try out for the band. After being handed a completely alien musical instrument and trying to get it to make music in front of the instructor, my teacher, and the other students, I was dismissed. I knew I had not done well, and an hour later, after the last students of the day had performed, I overheard the band director telling my teacher that not only could I not play in the band, but I had no musical ability and would never be able to play an instrument. What incredible program, what incredible programming for a 12-year-old boy who had his heart set on learning how to play. And it worked. I had heard from someone else that I had no musical ability and I believed it. I accepted as fact that I had no musical talent and that I never would. It wasn't until years later that I finally got up enough courage to rent a piano learn some notes, and play it secretly when no one was around to remind me that I could not play. I never did develop the skill I wanted, but I learned after 20 frustrating years that our school band director was wrong, and I had believed him. Now, here's an opposite example. Michael, who at the age of six, often visited the elderly gentleman next door for afternoon chats and was safely out of sight but within hearing distance at the top of the stairs one evening, ready for bed, when the neighbor stopped by. Little Michael overheard the old man tell his mother that Michael was very creative, and he knew that Mike would grow up to do things that were creative. Decades later, Mike Vance would become dean of Disney University, and later, through his personal consulting and his work with major corporations and organizations throughout the world, he went on to become one of the premier creativity trainers in the United States. Little Michael, by accident, overheard one small program about himself, and he believed it. Unfortunately, little of our own programming has done as much on our behalf. Can you imagine the number of times some child has heard the innocent but thoughtless words, you'll never amount to much, or was told that sport, that career, that mate, or that dream was not right for him or her? Just imagine what our eager and open young minds perceived and believed. 
you think about now fast forward in our lives what was said to us you know uh, years ago that we used to program ourselves uh, back in our daily business here at Equus you know uh, we could so often carry something that somebody said to us negatively 20 years ago into how we approach our business each day you know we go out and we run 10 appointments and somebody says no and what's the what's you know they don't want it you know, they, gotta, they gotta think about it or we're driving away from an appointment and we're hitting our hand on the steering wheel and we're and we're saying words to ourselves like you're you know that person was right you know uh, that, that 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 teacher that told us I would never amount to anything when I was a kid you know uh, they were right look at me I couldn't even close that deal right there look at me how, what were you thinking how could you not get that deal closed or 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 how, how could you have shown them the wrong program or why didn't you understand that other program that was available or or why didn't you answer that question correctly or when are you going to learn this business and it's this negative talk and I found in my own life a lot of times that comes back to things that people said to me when I was a kid you know you're not very good at that you're, you're not you're not good at money you're 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 very brash you're too brash people don't like you people people you know you, you don't you, you you're 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 not a fun person to be around you know crazy things that people said to me as a kid that here I'm 53 years old and I'll leave an appointment from a home where somebody said they weren't going to do a deal and and I find myself you you can have this negative talk come back from you but conversely what if we what if we remember some of the things that some of the positive things said to me I remember when I was a kid I got in a fight with a kid in the hall because people were teasing me about my name you know David Crocker you can imagine the the teasing that I got in school Davy Crockett Crockpot Crocker Spaniel Animal Crocker you name it I've heard it and uh, and I got a fight with a kid one day because you know he called me Davy Crockett and um, and I remember sitting in the hall I was probably in the late elementary school and I'm sitting there crying my shirt is torn and this one lady came up to me and she sat down to me she said what's wrong and I said these kids were teasing me and you know and well what did they say she they called me Davy Crockett and she put her arm around me she said do you know who Davy Crockett was and I didn't know who Davy Crockett was I didn't even know that was a person you know and uh, and she said, can I tell you who Davy Crockett was? And she took me in her office. Turns out she was a school counselor, and her name was Wynn Camps. And she spent the next probably three, four months with me teaching me who Davy Crockett was. And uh, I had a pretty bad temper back then. And she put her arm around me, and she took me under her wings, and she taught me the hero that Davy Crockett was. And from then on, whenever somebody called me Davy Crockett, I kind of thumped my chest. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was a hero, you know. And, um, in fact, I was down in San Antonio with one of our agents down there a few weeks ago, a few months ago, before this whole zombie apocalypse started, and uh, visited the Alamo uh, in honor of Davy Crockett. And, um, you know, and the impact that Wynn Camps had on me as a kid that carries over to this day that I was able to speak something positive into my life, that, yeah, that, thing you're, that negative thing you're telling me, actually, that person was a hero. And I'm a hero, you know, and, and for a little 7th, 8th grade, 6th, 7th, 8th grade kid, that was a big thing to hear that actually I'm a hero. I was kind of named in some respects kind of, yeah, you could tell people they tease you about it, but you could say, no, I'm, I'm named after a hero, you know. And so could we take positive 
speak like that into an appointment. When, when, uh, when somebody says they don't want to do a deal, they got to think about it. You walk out of there, instead of hitting your hand on the steering wheel or instead of us hitting our hands on the steering wheel saying, what were we doing? Why didn't we know that program right? Or why didn't we do that correctly? What if we said, you know, well, I just learned something. I learned that I got to learn. I got to, I got to drill down more on the, the, the guidelines for strong foundation. You know, maybe we got a decline on a program that we thought was going to get approved. Oh, maybe I, maybe I need to learn more about how to, uh, how, to, how to drill down further on prescription history with a client. You know, instead of having a negative reaction to one of those events, say, well, I'm learning. You know, and one of the things Shad talks about in his book is the concept of saying positive things that we are going to do. For instance, we don't say, I'm going to set 20 appointments. We say, I am setting a tw- 20 appointments. So instead of walking out on an appointment where somebody didn't do a deal saying, uh, oh, man, you jerk, you, did, you, know, you didn't close that deal. How in the world, you know, what were you thinking? Instead of saying that, saying, um, I'm going to go learn uh, the strong foundation guidelines or I am going to go learn the, uh, how, to, how to get, how to, better drill down on prescription history. I am going to go learn how to better connect people in the home, or I am learning how to better connect with people on the, in the home. Positive phrases like that, taking any negative event and turning around and putting a positive spin on it and saying, okay, here is the positive thing I'm going to walk out of that home with. You know, or maybe we have a week where, you know, in the last week I think I had like 13 appointments. I had a light week because we had family in town. I think I had 13 set. I think I had like seven cancellations last week and instead of sitting there hitting myself over the head with a two by four going what were you doing why in the world did you leave the police department it's okay let's go back and evaluate where where, where did I learn when I was setting the appointments did I did I skip a step when I'm setting my appointments oh yeah I need to drill down further I am going to drill down further moving forward on 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 my tie down and when I set my appointments I'm gonna I'm gonna accentuate when I'm setting my appointments the confirmation with the client on the phone of how important it is that I'm going to be there, how important it is that they need to hold that appointment because I reserved that slot for them and I didn't give it to one of my other 30 clients that I had. Uh, And I've already noticed this week that my retention rate for appointments is higher. And so instead of taking the negativity of just a, a bad week, saying, okay, I'm going to look at my business positively. Oh, yeah, I am setting stronger appointments. I am being more positive on the phone with clients to get them to hold their appointments. And next thing you know, this week, now I'm finding that outside of the cancellation I had this morning, that attention is already much higher. So anyway, what I found is that when when we speak a positive action to any negative event, it's not some mystical thing. What it does is it just sets us in motion mentally of, of okay, I'm always taking a positive approach to the things that are happening. You know, one of, the, one of the guys on my team has been in a situation where it's just been a battle getting people to answer the phone. It's been a battle. And I've watched this guy. He keeps coming back for more. He keeps coming back for more. And, and so, you know, we were on the phone this week. Okay, how do we respond to when we have 40 or 50 leads and we can't get people to answer the phone? Instead of sitting there and us saying, they're not answering the phone, they're not answering the phone, they're not answering the phone. Our, my response was, okay, let's, number one, let's get more leads in your hands. So let's get a lot of older leads in your hands so we have a higher quantity of leads, number one. Number two, let's limit how much time we're driving so we're spending more time on the phone so that way we're decreasing the odds that people aren't answering the phone. Uh, 
And, and so it's a positive. Let's find the positive behaviors that we can do that, re, that replace that negative event of people aren't answering the phone. And uh, bless his heart, he's still fighting and he's still doing a great job. And, 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 so, and we'll see positive results out of that. So anyway, a little tidbit. Uh, I'm hoping that helps. If you want to buy that book, again, it's Shad Helmstetter, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. It's an older book. You can probably get a couple dollars on Amazon. It is well worth the read, and it's a great place to have, uh, to have a, a great resource to have when we're, when we're moving forward mentally um, in our business because the mental game, the mindset game in this business is everything. If we can approach every negative event that happens with a positive action, here's, the, some, here's something I'm learning new. Here's the next behavior I'm doing that's positive. Uh, I am setting more appointments next week. I, I am setting five more appointments than I did last week. Um, you know, and one, by the way, one little trigger on that is what we do is we want to give a realistic goal that we can control. For instance, when we say, hey, I'm going to close three more deals next week, we can't necessarily control that because even the top producers will go 0 for 20. What we can control is how many appointments we set. I am setting five more appointments next week than I did last week. I set 10 appointments last week, so I'm setting 15 this week. We can control that because we just know we've got to get on the phone longer. Okay, that's a controlled behavior. We can do that. Uh, you know, even if we have to drive 12 hours to do it, we can do it. And so, so when we're setting our plans, it, it's a positive action of things that we can control and then in this business, the numbers flow out of that activity. We know that. That has been proven over and over and over again. So what I would encourage all of us, and this is what I'm encouraging myself as, I, as I'm kicking off this week, um, is positive statements that speak, to this, that, 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 speak to, that create positive action will drive us to those appointments we need that drive our business. They'll drive us to the training we need uh, so that we can close more deals in the home. And so think of three or four things you can say this week when you're driving around between appointments. Uh, you know, I'm setting, I'm, I'm going to set two appointments tomorrow. I'm going to go home right now, dial until I set two appointments. That's a positive action. That could be a great reaction to uh, somebody that says they're not going to do a deal. All right, I'm pulling over on the side of the road right now, and I'm going to dial until I set three appointments, or I'm going to dial until I set five. Whatever it is, that creates those positive actions that then immunize us from allowing people saying no to take the wind out of our sails or from a bad week sucking the life out of us. So anyway, there you go. Shad Helmsetter has great book, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. That was a little bit of Chapter 5, but... Uh, uh, get a chance to read that. I think you guys will love it. All right. Well, listen, everybody, thanks for letting me host this week. It's been an honor. And uh, blessings on you all. Uh, blessings to Dick and Connie down helping the training out in South Carolina. And um, have a tremendous week. Keep your foot on the gas. Take care, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye.